chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Father, we know that right now at this moment you are working in the hearts of your children and that you will move the hearts of those that you want to move. And so this morning, God, I ask that you would help us to see how you see us. That for those who have put all of their eggs into the basket of their own selves or into what this world offers, that you would show them that that is a cardboard toy compared to what and who you see us as and what you offer us. I pray this in your Son Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if you've ever wanted respect. Uh, maybe honor or dignity. Maybe you've longed for self-worth or self-respect. What about purpose? Have you ever walked around aimlessly during your life, wondering what is the purpose of my life? Why isn't it very fulfilling? What's holding me back? I remember being confronted with these thoughts and feelings after college. You know, for most of my life, I was known as Max, the basketball player. This is, I, 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 I just wanted to play basketball to breathe basketball, to eat basketball, to drink basketball, which that's impossible to do unless you shred it up. But when college ended, so did my career. The, the thing that I looked for to bring purpose to my life, the thing that I thought brought me self-worth. The thing that I thought brought me dignity and contributed to this world. And when my career ended and I was confronted with these thoughts and feelings, I learned something important. I was looking at basketball to bring me my purpose in this life. My self-worth, my dignity, my honor, self-respect, whatever you want to call it. And when that thing was taken away from me, I was shattered into a thousand pieces. Now, 
I know for a fact that I am not the only one who does this or who has experienced this in his life. Why? Why can I get up here and say this so boldly? Because this is a human problem. As humans, we long for dignity. As humans, we long for respect. We long for self-worth. But as humans, we take what we think brings us purpose and meaning in life, and we look to that to bring us self-worth. We look for that thing to bring us dignity. So it may not be sports for you, but it may be your job. It quite possibly may be your family. It could be your sports team or possibly your sexual identity or activity. You may even take your religion or your past. Look around you. Look outside these four walls. Everyone is looking for dignity and self-worth in life. Everybody is looking for a purpose in this life. And yet, why are so many people still hopeless and unfulfilled in this life? Why are so many people not filled with joy and fulfillment? In the story of the gospel, we see how God intended humans to be. And the sermon's key point this morning is that God gives mankind dignity and purpose. We'll see this take shape as we first look at God's perfect design, second, humanity's disoriented design, and then third, Jesus recapturing our design. So let's look at God's perfect design, and we see this in our passage this morning. In verse 27, we see something incredible, truly amazing. How God sees us, not how our friends see us, not how your family sees you, not even how you see yourself, but how God sees you. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. This passage tells us that when God created mankind, he created them in his image and likeness. Let me try illustrating it like this for us. When a baby is born, normally what happens is well-intentioned people, and I don't say that sarcastically or snarky either, okay? Well-intentioned people will say something like this. Aww, your baby looks just like you. Or, oh, I think your baby looks more like dad. Why do we say, why do you say this? I'm too afraid to say that because my track record shows that I'm just wrong when I point this out. So I've stopped. So why do you say this? 
You're pointing out that the child resembles the parents. The child bears the parents' likeness and image. And when God created Adam and Eve, this is what happened. And so therefore, when you and I are born, this still takes place. Humans are created in the image and likeness of God, their Creator. And this is what it is like for every human being. And what this means is that out of all creation, you bear the unique image and likeness of the Creator. This verse, verse 27, is a, is a summary of God creating mankind. And in this summary, we are seeing that out of all of His creation, only one part is unique. Only one part is different. Only one part is the apex or the, the pinnacle of all creation where when God looks at it, He says it is very good. And that is people. It's you. It's me. And I wonder if you noticed, like, like I notice in this one sentence, something crucial. In three different ways, Moses is articulating what God articulated to him. We are told in three different ways that we are created in the image of God. Let me try illustrating it like, like this for us. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and you're really trying to emphasize a point. I don't know if you're guilty of this. I, I tend to do this at times. I just so badly want the person to understand what I'm saying. So what I try to do is I try to say the same thing as many times as possible, phrased just a little bit different. I'm sure it's extremely annoying for the person that I'm talking to. That's exactly what is being done here. Really listen to this verse again. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Why put so much weight here? Because you were created differently. You are, not at, you, you are not the same as trees. You are not the same as bees. You are not the same as seas. I tried throwing in a little Dr. Seuss. You have dignity. You have self-worth. How so? Because you're created in the image and likeness of your Creator. You know all of the shame that you have felt in your lifetime? All of the regret and disappointment? God did not create you to feel that. To experience that. Because you were created in the image and likeness of God. 
You were created to reflect God's image. And how exactly do you and I, do we reflect God's image? We reflect His image by representing God. So let me say it like this. You have been given dignity not from opening your mind's eye and looking within yourself, but from God calling you to represent Him. God brings you dignity. Or or we may even say it like this, God brings you self-worth because you are made in His likeness to represent Him. And we see what this representation looks like in verse 28. And God blessed them and He said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of, of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And this really captures what, what, what's being said in not just 28, but also 29 and 30. That not only does God give man divine dignity, but He also gives mankind a divine purpose. A man named Louis Burkhoff, he puts it like this, Man is at once placed in an exalted position. Man is represented as standing at the apex of all the created orders. He is crowned as king over the lower creation and given dominion over all the inferior creatures as such it was his duty and privilege to make all nature and all created beings that were placed under his rule subservient to his will and purpose in order that he and his whole glorious dominion might magnify the Almighty Creator and the Lord of the universe. What is Burkhoff saying in a simple way? That God, He commissioned mankind to fill this earth with others who represent God so that as they tend to God's creation, God would be glorified. That God would be worshipped. You see, God, He is calling mankind, He is giving them a purpose to rule over His creation as an act of worship. Or, or, or what we might say is work, is work as an act of worship. You know, just as you were never created to experience shame or regret or disappointment, When God created you and He gave mankind this divine purpose, this divine work, it was in such a way, it was such a work that there was never any grumbling. When God created Adam and Eve, and gave them this divine purpose. He created them and this work where they would never get tired of it. They would never go on indeed and look for something else because they were getting tired or just 
bored with the work that they had. Adam and Eve never felt a sense of unfulfillment from the work that they were doing. They never had a hard day or a hard week at work. And yet they were always completely fulfilled. God creates mankind with dignity and self-worth by creating them in His image, in His likeness. And mankind's purpose in life is to represent their Creator. You and I are to work by tending and caring for God's creation in whatever we do. And through this, this should lead us to worship our Creator, magnify our Creator. This was God's intention for mankind. But our humanness or our sinfulness disorients God's design. We feel this shame. We feel the regrets. We sense unhappiness and unfulfillment. And then what does society tell you? Look within yourself to find self-worth. Look within yourself to find your dignity, your honor, your respect. And what they mean by this is look for your truth to bring you hope, meaning, and purpose. Isn't it clear in the 21st century this is what's going on? And this is no different from any other century because sin is the same in the 21st century as it was in the 1st century. Instead of looking to Christ to find their self-worth, their dignity, people want to find dignity from within. Longing for self-worth and dignity isn't a wrong thing. God hardwired us this way. But the 21st century person wants to find self-worth in themselves, in their sin-sick hearts. So what happens when you look within yourself is that you don't find dignity. You don't find self-worth. You find shame, regret, desperation, scars, and hurts from your own sin and from others' sin. And then we double down and we put on fake smiles 
and we lie to ourselves. And something really evil happens when this takes place. It causes pride to well up in our hearts. And then it causes us to separate from others that aren't like you. Let me say this loud and clear for us. When you look within to find yourself worth, this leads to classism. When you look within yourself to find self-worth, this leads to racism. When you look inside yourself for self-worth, this leads to people becoming Pharisees within the church. Why? Because people are looking for their self-worth in their own identity, in their own purpose. This is the other thing that we're seeing in the 21st century. This is the other thing that we're seeing in, in our culture. Find your self-worth, find your respect, find your dignity from your purpose. This is what society tells us, right? You matter because of what you can give me. And we believe that lie. And our sin latches on to it. So you tell yourself that your self-worth comes from your sexual orientation. Or you tell yourself that your self-worth comes from your job. Or you tell yourself that your dignity comes from your money and status in this community. Whether church community or city community. Or you tell yourself that your dignity, your self-worth comes from your political activism or party. So you embrace what the world tells you your purpose is and then you look to that to find your self-worth and dignity. And what are we told? What are you told? That by embracing your purpose, embracing who you're created to be in this type of way, it, it will finally liberate you. It will finally bring you happiness. It will finally fulfill you. And my question is, if this is true, then why are so many people unfulfilled? If this is true, why are so many people not happy? If this is true, why are so many people faking their happiness? If this is true, why are you unfulfilled right now in life? Why are you not so joyful? Or why are you so unhappy in life? Could it be that you have put your dignity or finding your self-worth from who people call you? God gives you dignity. 
God gives you purpose, but sin snatches it away. The reason that you are unfulfilled and unhappy is because of the sin in your heart that snatches this away and confuses and blurs the lines of who God calls you and who the world calls you. And because sin snatches it away, and you follow the passions of this world, our hearts understand the reality that God's judgment still looms over you. And this is why Jesus comes to save you, to redeem you. He comes to reclaim mankind's design. Every man, woman, and child, Scripture tells us, did what was right in their own eyes. But Jesus comes and does what is right in God's eyes. Jesus, He is the invisible, or He is the unseen God made visible. He is the firstborn Son, the full and perfect picture of the image and likeness of God. Jesus, He fully embraces who God calls Him to be. His divine dignity, He understands, comes from the Father. Not from any label that this world heaps on Him. Not as a carpenter or a son of Mary, but Jesus fully understands Stands his divine dignity as an image bearer of the Creator. He doesn't look from within himself to find dignity or self-worth. He looks outside himself to God as his Father. Jesus doesn't look for purpose here on earth to bring him meaning and dignity. Instead, he fully embraces his work as the only begotten son to tend and care for God's creation in the most unique and extraordinary way. As the Messiah and Savior for the lost, hurting, and broken souls of this world. To restore you to your dignity that sin fractures and and purpose that sin hijacks. We see through Jesus' life that He is the perfect representation of God. The perfect representation that we were supposed to represent, but through our sin fractures. He reclaims that for us back. And how does the Savior who never once sins or looks away from God recapture this design for us? By dying in the most undignified way. Living a perfect life and yet dying as a sacrifice naked on a cross for your sin to free you from the bondage of sin. But Jesus did not die without a purpose, and His resurrection shows us this. His death had purpose and meaning. Christ's death, it would lead to His resurrection, and those who then trust in His resurrection in His life would be recipients of recapturing your original God-given design to see that you have dignity because you were created in God's image. 
You have self-worth because you were created in God's image and that you are now called to be representation or you are called to be God's representation or as the Apostle Paul puts it, ambassadors for Christ. When we become born again, when the Spirit comes into us and creates within us a new heart, we see that God, He gives us dignity and purpose. That we have dignity and self-worth because God created us. And we have a purpose to be represent to represent our Creator, our King, in whatever we do. So because of this, we should radically live differently than those who have not been born again, who do not have the Spirit of God in them. First, our minds and hearts should see how God sees us. Not how you see yourself. Not how the world sees you, but how God, the creator of you, sees you. Do you realize the magnitude of this? That when you are found in Christ, He no longer looks at you as a sinner, but as a beloved son or daughter. He sees you as His child. This should make our hearts leap. This should make us want and to desire to delight in God all the more, this should spur us on to greater works. If you are in Christ currently, God sees you as a beloved child because He sees you in Christ. Second, when you experience God and are born again, you see the dignity that God has given all His creation. So this means that the Christian should be the first one to love their neighbors. From womb to tomb, all ethnicities, abilities, disabilities, without exception, Salvation for the Christian changes in you a love for your neighbor. It is impossible to be a Christian and still hate your neighbor. Salvation changes in you a love for your neighbor and helps you. To see that God created them with dignity.
And that sin has fractured them and separated them from God. Look, ethnicity, the amount of money, the position at your job, your gender, it should not play a role in who you love. Because all humans are created in God's image, all humans are worth your love. This is what Christ shows us through his life. Third, you have a God-given purpose. That is to be a steward of God's kingdom. And so what that means for you is that you are called to work, to work hard, and to glorify God. Work as hard as you can. Not looking for your work to bring you meaning and purpose, but because your Creator has called you to that work. So Gosh darn it, do the best you can at whatever you do. Do the best you can at whatever you do because you don't work for yourself anymore. You work for the glory of God. And the greatest reality of this truth is that your work, it no longer defines you anymore. You don't have to find purpose in your work. Christians should work as freely and as joyfully as possible because your work doesn't give you your purpose. God does. God perfectly designed you, but sinful humans disorient this design. Every generation, every century, it, it changes just a little bit, or it morphs, but we're constantly disorienting this design. But we can have hope. Christ recaptures this design. God gives you dignity and self-worth, not because of how great you are, but because of how great He is. And because of this, He calls you to represent Him as the King as the Creator, by working to the glory of God in whatever you do. There's a church father, Augustine, who I think says it best for us as we finish this morning. Your heart will be restless until you find your rest in Him. Let's pray. Father, we thank You that no longer do we have to look for dignity or self-worth from within ourselves. We thank You that You never even created us that way. We thank You that our purpose isn't wrapped up in what we do, but, but being called to represent You 
And so I ask for us this morning as we leave here or as we stay here, that we would see ourselves how you see us. And that would cause us to live joyfully in every aspect of our life. Amen.